Blackstar Radio. On the phone with me now, a very talented man, not only a superb musician in his own right, but he makes the most amazing didgeridoos. Based in Townsville, Jesse Wilson from JW Didgeridoos. Jesse, thanks very much for your time, mate. Hey, Mark. Hey, that's all right, mate. Hey, JW Didgeridoos, you have only been going, what is it, two years or something, haven't you? Uh, yeah, but I've only not long started. I'm pretty fresh. Um, yeah, 2018, uh, July the 3rd was, was the day I decided to take on this journey, yeah. And already you are getting very good recognition with your didgeridoos. From what I understand, they've been used as presentations in the Rugby League Indigenous round. Uh, yes, that's correct, yeah. Um, I've um, went out my own way to, to try and make that happen, Um not didn't think it happened this early, but I um, worked hard and, and made it happen. Yeah, so I'm very happy about that. But your didgeridoos are a work of art. They they are a musical instrument, but they are a work of art in the amount of effort that you put into it. How did you become associated with a didgeridoo as a business concern? Mm, okay, so good question. Um, so obviously, culture is plays a big part in in, in this um, didgeridoo making as this business. Um, and family. Uh, my dad's Indigenous. Uh, we come from Kalkaroon, from Mount Isa region. Um, uh, growing up, I didn't really, I didn't really grow up in Mount Isa. I was born in Cairns, so I spent a lot of time in Cairns. But then I was back and forth throughout my years. I didn't really get to um, grow up with culture. I didn't learn much about it growing up. Um, and being so, being, being light skinned too, and not not looking like an Indigenous person was was hard as well. So. For me to, to do that now as a man, I'm so into my culture and who I am as a human being, as my identity of who, who I am. So why the didgeridoo? Well, what made you so mm. interested in this amazing instrument? Mm, yeah, so the didgeridoo. So um, uh, one of my brother boys, uh, his name's Josh Isaacson. He's uh, three generations, um, him and his dad and his, his pop, um, Ken. They're one year man from, I grew up with him at Mount Isa, so I've known him for a long time. And he showed me how to make a didgeridoo. I got a bit of a woodworking background. I've done a cabinet making apprenticeship when I was younger, so I was sort of I liked working with wood from a young age. So when he wanted to show me that, I was, I was interested in that because I wasn't I didn't really know much about didgeridoos. I didn't really know how to play them. And he um, he showed me, and then ever since then I sort of done a few as a hobby throughout the years. That was back in 2014 to 2016. I think I made about three just as a hobby, and then um, come 2018, I was working in the mines for a long time, and I just, I was thinking there had to be, there's got to be something else that I can, I can, I can do. I, I got, everyone's got a journey within them, they just got to, just got to find it, you know, and then, and that's what I did, I um, quit my job, and then went, just thought I'd just make didgeridoos for a living. I knew there was a lot of fake art out there too, like, um, the Asians are, are doing a lot of fake, making didgeridoos that aren't real, and I thought, you know, we need more of us younger, younger mob make do, doing this and and keeping our culture strong because it's fading away. That was another big reason why I, I went for this. Now, with the didgeridoo, when you take a look at it, what actually makes a good didgeridoo? Because they come in so many different shapes, they come in so many different types of wood, and really, as you're making them, I suppose in some ways you don't know how it's going to sound until the instrument's finished. So, what do you consider to be a good didgeridoo? Good question. Um, so I'm just going to put this out there now. I, I am very fresh with um, learning my culture. You know, as a man, it's, um, it's never too late to learn your culture. So I'm going to put that out there first. And um, I'm only learning, so I'm still learning the ways 
to perfect something that I reckon takes six years, but I'm only two years and I feel like I'm getting good already. So you learn from other mob, other other tribes, you learn different things and you just put them all together. That's why I'm always, I always live by the, you know, the saying one mob, all mob, because we are one mob, all mob. Um, but to answer your question, from what I've learned so far, a good didgeridoo, um, I guess it would, it would be the, well, it's got to be the right size, as in I'm talking about the width size. So the didgeridoos are made by the termite. They make the didgeridoo, they eat them out. And it's up to us to find them. To find that's probably the hardest thing. So as long as the didgeridoo's got a, a wide enough hole to make a vibration sound through, that's your your ideal to find the right size, as in width. Because um, if the mouthpiece, for example, is too wide, your lips. I mean, unless you've got really big lips, like you can play that didgeridoo, but you're you're not going to be able to make a sound through it if it's too too, if it's too open. If you know what I mean, like it's more like a trunk. So as long as it 32 mil is around your perfect size for a for a mouthpiece, and then it can be as open as you want at the end. Like that. So, and then they call those didgeridoos bell ends, so the ends really opened out, and they're all unique, different sounds because not every didgeridoo is going to have the exact same diameter and the the, the grooves and all that that's been eaten out by the termites. The didgeridoo, I mean, it's also such an ancient instrument. From what I understand. I think they call it a lip valve instrument in your mm-hmm. lips perform a lot of the thing, but also vocal singing through the didgeridoo as well. And how long has it taken you to be able to learn to play the didgeridoo? My father did teach us um, a little bit throughout our younger years, but we were only babies then, so we couldn't really, uh, you know, you're still learning how to talk and that still when you're a kid, so it's hard. But um, it took me about three months. I, some people can naturally breathe, circular breathe I, I couldn't circular breathe so I had to, to teach myself but also through uh, brother Josh there that showed me the didgeridoo from the start he sort of showed me a technique um, and then I learned of other people as well other other dig players from different tribes different mobs so you sort of take it all in and it's not as easy of people just telling you how to do it you have to practice 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 just like anything you get to practice to get, to get it and it took me about three months to get the circular breathing um, and I could circularly breathe now and, and I can play, but I'm still learning. I mean, even if you perfect something, you're always learning, no matter what, you know, how good you are at something. Mm. Now, with your business, JW Didgeridoos, if somebody wants to find out more about what you are doing, where you are based, how to purchase a didgeridoo, what the costs are, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, so just the social media, um, Facebook, I mean, Social media is not everyone's got it, but I can guarantee 95% of people out there have got social media, especially young people and even to old people. Like my dad's 64, he's got, you know, he's got it. So um, I don't have a website because I don't, I haven't made enough funds to make myself a website, but I've got friends that are helping. Um, but yeah, so I just market it on social media because everyone's got it and it's worldwide and it's free to use. All you need is data. <laughs> JW Didgeridoos and Instagram JW Didgeridoos. That's how you can find me. And I just. People text me, inbox me, and ask me questions, and I just try and do my best to keep up with everyone's orders and that sort of stuff. And apologise in advance if I don't get back to some people. It's um, it's a really hard business doing this by yourself. Where have you <laughs> shipped your didgeridoos in the past? What destinations? I've sent stuff over to America, Canada, Norway, France, Spain. I've got a few few international orders already, which is a massive goal of mine from when I first started. Um, because I believe that a lot of people overseas don't understand what these instruments are, and let alone our culture. Especially if they see me, like they, they don't think that I'm Aboriginal because I don't look Aboriginal, and, and that's just the way it is. But the big goal of mine is set that platform for all Indigenous people around the nation. I want to rep everyone. Not just it's not just about me; it's about all of us as one mob. 
I live I live by that. I said that from the start, and that's still my my goal. A young company that's only two years old, you're already doing international orders, which is phenomenal, especially mm. with the work that you are doing cost-wise with didgeridoos. What cost are you looking at? What's the price range? I specialise in custom didgeridoos, so I learnt the technique off brother Josh there, Isaacson, and they used to carve his his father and his grandpop Ken. They used to um, carve these didgeridoos. They used to do it by hand at the start, but then you know. You know, we got places like Bunnings and that now. We can use them electrical tools. So just like our elders, they use what they had to use back in the day. And we do the same now because we're, we're the modern we're modern society now. So so I specialise in the carving. So I like carving people's totems, engraving, burning, paint. I do it all. So that's why the, the didgeridoos look so unique because um, it's not just a standard didgeridoo with just a bit of paint on it um, or, or blanket, all these. The craftsmanship that I've put in, I just—it's just—I'm just so passionate about it, and I just want them to be so quality because um, these didgeridoos put on putting totems of people's tribes on there, and, and it's, it's very sentimental to them, and they can keep it and cherish it forever. And they range from 300 to 3,000, depending on time, detail, all that together. A didge could take me three days. A didge could take me three weeks. Yeah. Well, Jesse, all I know is you're a one talented man. Uh, who is showing such pride within your culture and within your heritage, and you're doing it in such a positive way with JW Didgeridoos. All I can say is congratulations, mate. Congratulations on a business venture that is now making international inroads as well for such a beautiful instrument. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate that. And, of course, anybody who wants to find out more, all they've got to do is Facebook, uh, JW Didgeridoos. It's all there. Jesse, thanks very much for your time, mate. No worries, Mark. Thank you, mate. That is a young man in Townsville, Jesse Wilson and the JW Didgeridoos. Check them out online.